Hey, it's Boyd White, Director of Technical Solutions Engineering at Tanium. And if you want to know what's happening in information security, you should be listening to the InfoSec Sync podcast with my good friend, Nick Thomas. If you're looking for insight into the vast world of information security, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the InfoSec Sync podcast, the only top-rated information security podcast committed to helping you enhance your cyber skill set. Listen in on conversations with world-class information security thought leaders, subject matter experts, authors, and more as we exchange ideas, best practices, and discuss the latest trends, threats, strategies, and solutions for your success. So get ready to get in sync with your host, Nick Thomas. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the InfoSec Sync podcast, where we keep you in sync with the ever-changing world of information security. I'm your host, Nick Thomas, and this week I'm speaking with Mr. Boyd White. He's the Director of Technical Solutions Engineering at Tanium, dedicated to Tanium's global banking customers. Boyd supports Tanium's largest and most complex customers and works to create solutions that leverage all platform capabilities to deliver novel and innovative solutions for Tanium's customers. Boyd has dedicated over 15 years advancing goals of information security in both the public and private sector. He began his career with the NSA Red Team and gained practitioner experience in all realms of information security, from prevention to response and recovery. He has led instant response engagements for small and large organizations around the world, including some of the largest payment card industry forensic investigations, contributed to the creation of the NIST cybersecurity framework, created and implemented red team frameworks for several large commercial organizations, and more recently has been authoring manager and practitioner guides to handle compelling industry events, such as software end of life, SolarWinds, FireEye, and critical vulnerabilities such as the exchange vulnerabilities. Boyd is most recently specializing in managing compliance and vulnerability projects and has deep expertise in remediating vulnerabilities and helping customers to build supporting control frameworks to ensure consistent and continuous compliance. He continues to be a trusted subject matter expert in the field of cybersecurity and operational resilience, with numerous papers published on the subject. He holds a Master of Science degree in Information Technology Information Assurance with a Concentration in Computer Offensive Security from Eastern Michigan University. In his spare time, he enjoys reading, tinkering with electronics, and playing video games. And without any further ado, here's the interview. Hey, Boyd, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, life's great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, haven't seen you in a long time. It's been too long. So uh, a lot of our uh, fans want to know um, how you got started in cybersecurity. Can you uh, let them know what 13-year-old Boyd was thinking? Did he always have cybersecurity in mind, or how did you gradually get to that place? Sure. So I always loved tinkering with toys and electronics when I was a kid. I used to do the the typical thing that the kids do probably even to this day. They play around uh, on the computer, try to you know hack other kids, um, try to um, send emails from uh, from a, you know from someone that's not really them. Uh, so just playing around, tinkering around, really fell in love with it. When I heard about an opportunity in, in the Navy um, as a crypto, cryptographic technician of, um, of computers, I thought this is a great idea. Uh, so I can actually turn my hobby 
into something as a profession. So that's what I did. That's uh, that's great. So did you come into the Navy as a uh, CTN? I came in as a CTO, so of communications. And then uh, shortly after, um, I joined as a, I joined the CTN rank that was um, of networks uh, once it became available. Well, I missed the plank owner that I see behind you. Um, so I think I was the second wave. Awesome, awesome. And that's when I'm, I met you at a, a certain agency um, doing... Uh doing the good uh hacking stuff yeah certain a certain national agency of security <laughs> so um let me ask you um over at tanium do you see a uh, a lot of ransomware with your clients so we we do um encounter you know people that uh, come to us that have had ransomware before um and so that is a pretty pressing topic for today i would say uh, you know, many people are, are curious about what they can do about ransomware and, and um, you know, because it's been a new so much, they're wondering, you know, what can I do about it? Yeah, that's um, what's topping the news headlines um, recently. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, May one's the uh, Colonial Pipeline, right? So uh, who was it? The Shadow Brokers, I think, got into that one? Yep. So they, um, the Colonial Pipeline is the largest... Um, refined gasoline pipeline in in, uh, in the world, I believe, uh, was actually hit with with a ransomware type of malware. Um, you know, one of the one of the first attacks I remember happening um, of federal, um, you know, uh, of a federal nature was actually Baltimore back in I think it was 2019. Uh, had something very similar happen to them. It was ransomware took took advantage of their uh, data. They had to shut the city down for I think it was a few weeks. So as I uh live and breathe in Baltimore because uh, uh, one of my big clients are here. Um, my son goes to the school system here and they got hit with ransomware along with a lot of other school systems uh, during um, during COVID. So that's just another piece to the puzzle, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bunch of resources out there to help the K through 12 um, organizations combat that, but it's really difficult because a lot of school systems don't have a lot of IT staff and you know, so they're looking for any resources that they can have. So um, I know um, Verizon puts out a, uh, a data breach investigation report. So do you, what are the latest numbers from there? Yeah, so um, if I recall correctly, the, the Verizon data breach investigation is something that gets released every year, and um, they've been seeing it uh, doubling um, from last year. So uh, ransomware was involved in 10% of the breaches. Uh, that they recorded so they they catalog all the breaches that that they work on and it was uh, 10 percent of breaches there's years opposed to five percent last year so it's doubling um and which is troubling do you think that breach had to do with um covid because a lot of people were home on their home networks and or vpning into uh, work that's an interesting uh point i'm not sure i'm not sure if that was a correlation there there's um definitely more uh, controls that have had to change because of the uh, edge that's moving farther and farther away from the business. I'm not sure if that's one of them, but I, I, I know it's a lot. It's affecting more and more people. And when your neighbors start talking about ransomware, you know it's something that's um, hitting more than just the cybersecurity industry. Yeah, they don't even say malware. You know, malware is what we learn about when you're going through, um, you know, whatever school or or training. You learn to term malware, and then now it's ransomware because there's a ransom involved um, uh, with money. Give us your money, or uh, we will 
either leak all your information or we will delete your information. And basically, that's a business model for a lot of the hackers around the world um, that don't have any other way to what they think uh, make money. They use ransomware as a service. <laughs> yeah, there is actually literally ransomware as a service. Um, like you have infrastructure as a service, you have ransomware as a service. Um, so so um, I think you've already hit the uh, nail on the head here, but ransomware is a type of malware um, that holds your computer hostage, essentially, and it asks for money. A lot of times it's in um, you know, some type of cryptocurrency because it's much harder to track. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons ransomware became so popular is because now we've got this new untraceable cryptocurrencies um, floating around. And so uh, there's a new way to, to pay. And the hackers have gotten very clever because uh, if you don't pay, like you said, they'll, they'll threaten to leak your data. So even if you don't care about losing your data, now you have to worry about what's in the data that could be leaked. So now you have a reputation so issue, right? You have a personal reputation issue as well as a corporate one. So if my personal data gets leaked, you know what, what's in there that I, did, that I didn't think I used to care about? And so it also makes um, uh, the, the currencies more popular like uh, Bitcoin. I don't even know what the price is today, but it, it's a staggering amount of money. Um, and because of ransomware as a service, I know a lot of um, uh, law firms and um, corporate counsel are buying Bitcoin for uh, their clients because they know at some point they might get breached or their uh, clients might get breached and they're going to have to use that Bitcoin uh, to make the payment. You bring up an interesting point, um, whether or not to pay the ransomware. So some leading industry experts will tell you never pay a ransom. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe sometimes it's it's better to pay it. Uh, so depending on the the cost of the ransom, is it cheaper to pay it? But can you really ever trust a hacker? Right, and um, some experts will tell you to actually pay it because it is a business and they're supposed to, uh, I guess, pay up their end of the bargain. So it's a a fifty fifty, right? I can tell you if I pay a ransom, uh, I will definitely still delete my computer and um, probably buy a new one. <laughs> or just throw it in the ocean, right? Let the salt water get to it. <laughs> yeah, I would not trust that computer after it had ransomware on it. Um, it's, it's a very frightening thing. I've had friends with ransomware before and they turn on their computer and there's a skull and crossbones or something that displays on the screen and it gives a very scary warning. and. You know, it's, it's a frightening experience because your heart kind of just sinks. Um, so, you know, and that's the other, that's one of the other um, cruel parts of this in my mind is they, 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 they get you with fear because um, if you don't pay a, within a certain amount of time, the cost goes up. And so, you, you, you know, you start to see people paying just because they, they know that the cost is gonna go up. And so they're just enticed to pay very early. So you bring up a good point with um, actually getting rid of um, your system. Um, uh, a lot of enterprises don't have that luxury because there's a lot of systems involved. But how does one know after they've been breached and, and they pay the, the uh, ransom that there's not something else that they put on there, right? I, I would, again, I would not trust that PC once it had ransomware. It's it's no longer trusted in my so mind. So this is where I guess the experts come in when you call them to uh, do an incident response uh, report, anything else that they found on there, and uh, I guess what do they recommend you do after that point, right? 
Yeah, I mean, in some cases, you'll have to notify, uh, you know, local or federal law enforcement, and they can help you take the appropriate actions. Um, you know, many times you have to rely on your IT organization to, to do the right thing, and hopefully remove all traces of it. So, um, since you work for Tanium, uh, you get, uh, can you explain your endpoint product, how, how it works? Sure. Um, so, the um, short the short story is, and we basically help you manage the endpoint. Um, so what so what does that mean? So so all of your hundreds of thousands of machines um, out there, if you're a large company, or your tens of thousands of machines, if you're a medium company, uh, we help you identify how many are online and give you real time visibility and control. Uh, gives you the basic information. So if you are hit by ransomware, which um, you know sometimes. Uh, customers come to us and they've already been impacted by ransomware. We can go out there and tell you which of your files are encrypted. Um, you know, uh, how many files are encrypted. We can help you recover from that uh, situation as well. And then, and then uh, we'll help you build back. And then hopefully you won't have ransomware the next time. Um, so, does your product work like other other products where um, there is a main database that it pulls the information from? or uh, is it so shared our, or something like that? Yeah, so our product works very differently from many other technologies that are endpoint management companies. Uh, you know, the way we're able to get real-time data is because we're a peer-to-peer -peer linear chain network um, and our data is real-time. So that means that when you ask a question, which processes are running, I actually can find out uh, which processes are running right now. I don't have to pull it from a database or some log or you know, uh, wait for attackers to do their uh, deeds and then query it um, after the fact, I can move as fast as the hacker can. So it's real fast, real quick. Yeah, you can you can do two things. You can ask questions and you can take actions and you can do them both very fast. And that's very helpful in the case of ransomware or really any security or IT problem you have. Um, I think that's what we've learned in the last year and year plus is um, laptops are now at homes. They're way beyond the edge that we used to see and people need they, they still need visibility and control and they need it faster than ever uh, it's true for private enterprises it's also true for federal governments and local and, and state agencies so the folks out there that are uh, are new to cybersecurity and malware or ransomware how uh, what can they do to um, avoid avoid getting these things so for me, I think everything comes down to the basics. There's actually a really good um, uh, cybersecurity infrastructure uh, security agency. I think I've got that right. CISA, uh, CISA um, article on this that I hope you can post the link to. Okay. Um, you know, but but I think the basics are make sure that you're patched. Uh, make sure that you don't click links that you don't uh, trust. So even if it looks like someone that you know, be really careful about opening a, um, a link or clicking an attachment in an email. That's how many of those ransomware um, initial payloads could uh, spread. Uh, making sure that you have good passwords and, so, and you don't share them. Uh, be very careful about the tools you have installed. So third-party products uh, like Adobe uh, Reader, um, third-party, you know, uh, Microsoft Office, make sure they're up to date uh, or not installed at all um, because having outdated software viewing those attachments can cause issues you know and making sure you have up-to-date operating systems as well because if the if the uh, if the tool bypasses the 
initial um, vector, then it has to install an operating system. And oper modern operating systems have additional controls in them that can, you know, prevent the, uh, the effectiveness or prevent uh, ransomware from being as effective as it would like to be. Having things, really basic things like antivirus, restricting outbound internet access to locations that aren't um, aren't allowed, and uh, creating separate logical environments is another big one. So, um, so you know, separating and segmenting your network is, is very important. And you know, you bring up a good point. Um, the weakest link, right? Uh, we've always taught we we're always taught it's the the user, and um, clicking on the link. So what's funny is I I constantly get uh, two emails that that try to get me. One was actually yesterday. Um, it says it's PayPal, and the funny thing is I don't use PayPal, but it says, hey, your account is, you know, something wrong with your account. We need you to come in and take a look. And uh, what some people don't realize is you can, without clicking on the email, you can look at um, who it's from and you'll know right away that it's not from PayPal because it's going to be some name, some long name that doesn't even um, have, to, have to do with PayPal. Um, one that almost got me uh, was uh, an email that it looked like it was from Apple. Everything looked real, and it said something about your order for your your iPhone um, is delayed. Something about being delayed, or there's a problem with your order. And the funny thing was, we were actually looking for that product um, the night before for my son. So I was like, in my house, like, wait, we didn't order it. We were just looking. And you know, before I did anything else, I looked, and sure enough, it wasn't Apple. It's like, ah, that's a good one, and I've been using that in some slides, you know, for for some of the classes that I teach. Like, this is what you got to watch out for. You have to be more careful than ever. Uh, hackers are becoming more and more clever. It's like Darwin's law, but for hackers, you know, the the best ones are are surviving and 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 uh, you know, getting people to click their links. Uh, the the most recent one that got me was a. Um, I won't say what company, but a company I worked for did uh, phishing, um, uh, you know, scenarios, and they would send out phishing links. And right around the time of a holiday, uh, they sent out an email saying, um, "Your your PTO, your your time off has been denied. Uh, you do not have enough PTO for this." And so um, I clicked the link. Uh, you know, it was a real, it was very very well crafted, and um, clicked the link, and it was a phishing attempt. Uh, it was a training attempt, luckily. But I'd clicked the link. Um, I was, you know, not paying it full full uh, vigilance I should have, and I clicked the you link. You created a security uh, report. <laughs> I ended up in a security report, I'm sure, and uh, you know, made sure that any time that this happened to me again, I wouldn't let uh, wouldn't let emotion take hold of me and, and click a link. <laughs> you got mad really fast when you saw that, right? <laughs> <laughs> it 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 was uh, very clever. It was a very clever um, way to get someone to click a link. I will not follow for that same uh, trick again, and I hope, hope your listeners don't either. Hey, so you mentioned earlier about uh, creating a separate logical environment. So what about backups? So, yeah, if you can't, so um, I'd like to talk a lot about resilience. If you can't avoid getting ransomware, um, one of the things you can do is have backups so that at least the, um, the first vector of deleting your data uh, or obscuring it so they can't uh, obtain it again is, uh, is, is, an, is an avenue that you have so you still have the data. So, um, so making sure that you have backups and making sure that you don't have open shares everywhere. So, um, so one of the one of the common attack vectors is that ransomware will 
get on the machine and then look for any shares that it has access to and try to encrypt them, uh, obfuscate them, and lock down the data. So if the shares aren't uh, readable by everyone uh, or writable by everyone, uh, that, that attack also can't happen. So lock, and then, lock down your NFS yeah. shares. NFS, SMB, uh, anything that's open uh, that you, you have access to, lock it down and back it up. Because if you have it, at least they can't use that over your head, that you know that your data is safe and backed up. So how, how could um, a mom and pop shop or just a regular consumer um, practice uh, if, if they're breached, how to respond? Yeah, I, so um, so there's really good resources. We'll uh, share some links. Um, I think using some of those free resources online is the best is the best avenue. Having a pa- a plan in place, so knowing who who you're going to contact if this were to happen to you is really important because the first thing that happens is panic. And if you have a plan, you can follow the plan. Um, Mike Tyson said famously, "Everybody has a plan until they're punched in the face." Well, uh, if you <laughs> if you have a plan and you're punched in the face with ransomware. At least you have something you can follow, so you're not just going off of pure emotion like I was when I clicked that uh, ransomware or that um, that phishing link. Uh, you you have a plan in place, so you're not you're not as worried. You know that the basics are going to get done. So having a checklist is a very important tool. Cool. So um, this ransomware, it seems like we're always at war with some hacker somewhere. What, what, uh, yeah, I think we're in a cyber world war. I think um, I think we've entered into a cyber world war, and I think we've been there for a few years now. We don't have we don't have foot soldiers in uh, our country, but we have literally thousands of attacks that are going on every minute of every day. So is is this one of the things that um, the new uh, EO from President Biden addresses? Yeah, so it, it, it does, in fact. So the executive order from uh, Biden, um, you know, basically says that in order to maintain our way of life, we're going to have to do better. And incremental changes is not it. We've um, we've let this uh, go on for far too long, and it's going to take bold action to get us out of it. So we're going to have to partner closer with the you know the vendors and the community and private sector. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to share information between the federal government and the private industry. And more and more people are looking to the federal government for advice. People are now willing to listen and um, you know take advice from from uh, from the federal agencies that uh, are responsible for the security of uh, our digital infrastructure. That's good news because the private sector is where a lot of our uh, currency and income come from, and small and medium businesses. We we gotta we gotta protect that, you know. Yeah, I don't know about you, but. Um, I like to be able to go to my local, um, you know, uh, shop and use my credit card there. I like to, I like to be able to pump gas, uh, you know, whenever I like, and not, and not drive up to a gas pump and see a bag over the, over the handle. Um, you know, so small and medium businesses are, you know, have always been the heart of uh, America, and and large organizations. It's really important that they're protected as well because I like to be able to have money in my bank uh, account and. And know that those numbers are not going to be uh, changed one day. So, so I think it's really important that we that we protect everyone from the smallest sole proprietors all the way to the biggest organizations and federal, federal governments. So, what do you think the key takeaway is uh, today that people could go home with? Yeah. So, you know, ransomware is just one of the attacks that you have to protect um, in this global cyber war, and um, you know we have to be prepared for it. You have to have a checklist in place. 
Uh, you want to uh, you know, make sure that you're able to recover if you are attacked uh, because you will, be, you will be attacked and the only question is, you know, how do you bounce back? All right, good words. Boyd White, thanks for taking uh, time out today and uh, spending some time with us. And thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with me, listening or viewing this podcast. Please tell your friends and associates about it and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please send any comments, questions, or requests to me, Nick, at InfoSecSync.com. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync. That's it for this episode. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And as always, thanks for staying in sync with InfoSec Sync.